The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Hot Tag the Hellion! Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Hot Tag. I'm your host, Kevin Hellions. The Hot Tag, presented by The Run-In, presented by The House Show, presented by The Retro Network. And speaking of The Retro Network, it's June 2021 here, celebrating the second anniversary of the network. And I remember, I, I, met, I mentioned this to Jason when he was a guest, I remember when The Retro Network started and messaging people saying, what the hell is this thing? What's this TRN following all of us? And what really got me was the people that somehow I was not yet familiar with. And it really bothered me. How could I not be familiar with someone in the same world creating similar things to me? How how did I not know? And the biggest name to come out of that is today's guest. So welcome on the show today, the host of Wizards, also part of the Retro Network, Mr. Adam Pope. Greetings, geeks. Oh, wait, a uh, wrong podcast. My bad. My bad. Hi, everybody. So, Adam, you have been gracious enough to have me on your shows, have me on Wizard before and on Sequel Quest before. Only fair that I go ahead and flip the script here and have you on mine, because I've always had questions for you. So many questions. <laughs> no, no, but I didn't want to overtake your own shows. Well, yes, I feel like even my co-hosts, they have many questions they haven't deigned to ask. They've been like, you know what? It's going to come out eventually. We'll just be patient on this. <laughs> I mean, funny thing, because like work got a little crazy and I couldn't listen to podcasts all day at work for a little bit. So now I'm trying to listen again. And I was listening the other day when your co-host found out different places that you had lived in. And we're shocked. How did I not know this? But it was so entertaining to hear just this, I've known you how many years, and I'm still finding stuff out. And it's not for lack of actually explaining myself. It's for lack of remembering anything I say. Apparently, I say too much. Hard to contain it all, I guess. (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing, though. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with your geek origins pre writing podcasting videos, anything just as a kid geek origins, because I have questions leading up to the, the next part of it. So I don't want you to get ahead of it, Okay. but I, I know you have been open about um, childhood on, on different podcasts of your own. And I think a lot of us and, and apologies if I'm talking out of turn here, but I think a lot of us can agree that, you know, school sucked when we were younger. Yes. And we found solace in our geeky things, which then developed our personalities and have led us to where we are now. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's definitely a big part of it. But what would be what were your geek origins was what came in first? Was it comics? Was it movies? Was it? kiss was it (laughs) you know what what came in first where where did you begin you know diving into discovering your your inner geek 
I mean, it was definitely the idiot box. I mean, just getting on to TV as often as I could, pushing record on VHS tapes so I could rewatch it later. I mean, that started from like age five on, you know, like I was just like everything I wanted to see was, okay. let me get the TV guide of just learning to read. But I got to know when Muppet Babies is coming on on Saturday mornings, you know, like I just I was glued to it. And I would just absorb like everything that had to do with whether it was cartoons or sitcoms or wrestling or whatever was just coming across. I would watch for as long as the TV would keep my interest. <laughs> and and I, I wasn't picky at first. And so I just kind of took it all in. And uh, like I say, because I recorded it, then I could go back and dissect it and be like, oh, well, I've watched this a bunch of times. And then here's all these commercials. And like, so like I would just, I loved it so much that I just, my, I'm sure my parents were concerned. They're like, don't you want to go outside and play? It's like, yeah, I will go outside and play for a while, but I know when I have to be back, you know, so I can catch, you know, Eek the Cat or Power Rangers, you know. <laughs> Still, I was a little too old to be watching Power Rangers, but uh, it, it was one of those things where, yeah, so I, I when I think about, like, where my my geek mentality, at least, that that obsessive nature started, it was everything to do with TV and wanting to know more um, and then it just started, it started branching out because then I was like, oh, I also love music. Oh, okay. So I love music. New kids on the block are great. Let me get all their albums. Let me know everything. Oh, let me buy some of the toys. Let me buy. And it wasn't because, you know, I was into new kids on the block. I thought it was a great way to meet girls. So like the music's cool, but also they'll think I'm cool if I know all the songs and I can, uh, you know, throw out trivia about Donnie Wahlberg. So <laughs> that, that didn't work out. Same with 90210. Then I'm like, I'm going to watch 90210. Nope. No, put me in the friend zone immediately. So, <laughs> but yes, it was just, it was a lot of stuff like that. And then getting to the point where, you know, and again, like you say, what do you, what do you point to the trauma that then incites that to, I guess it exacerbates the tendency. <laughs> it, it, it was basically like, you know, like my parents got divorced when I was around 10. And then at that point, I just like, I didn't. I didn't take it in, but I could look back now and say, okay, I was like retreating even more. So then it was like, oh, okay, what's the next thing I can get into? Okay, well, it's going to be comics. It's going to be action figures. It's going to be, you know, and then I'm going to know everything. And I'm now I'm just sitting at home watching more TV, though, and I'm getting fatter. So I'm getting picked on more. And I'm I'm happy in, when I'm by myself. But when I got to be with everybody else, it gets a little more difficult. Oh, I'm trying to make friends, but they pick on me because I'm fat. I kind of forced my way into being their friend. You know, like all those elements that would be at play. And it's like, okay, let me go back to the safe space, going back to the safe space. So yeah, there was, there was a lot of that, but it, uh, I never, I mean, there, there was, you know, the trauma of bullying, getting picked on and stuff, which hurt at the time, but it, it's not something that, uh, that I've held a grudge for the rest of my life type thing. You know, like I got over it eventually. Well, all right. So I'm, I'm going to make a bigger point here, but yeah. I need to, I need to get two details out there. And, and again, credit to Jason, cause he got this in my head when he was on, how old are you? And where were you living during this period that you were just discussing? Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm, what am I, 39? Yeah, I think I'm 39 because I was born in 82. Math was never my strong suit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so and so I was growing up in Southern California, 
So that was that was my base of operations from birth until really until college and and yeah, so I was there for quite a while. So I, I make that point because here I'm 43. I grew up in upstate New York, and yet we have similar experiences with this. Mm-hmm. And growing up, you being a, a little younger than me, but still, you remember growing up without the internet. You remember, you know, having the initial dial-up. You know, you remember TV Guide coming when it was the squ- the bound one, not stapled, and yes. you know, flipping through it and everything. <laughs> You know, having the VHS tapes, all of that. And yet, here we are, opposite ends of the coast, suffering in a way. Like, why does school suck? Why is everyone mean? Why can't I be what, quote, other people are, t- what other people are telling me is, quote, normal? Yes. Y- you know, um, I make the joke, hey, the reason I can read and write well is not because I was able to catch and throw when I was a kid. <laughs> I couldn't do this over here, so I got good at this over here. Yeah, and, and that's true. And, and when I tried to insert myself in the way that made sense to me, it, it, it this is what would happen. So it's like, I didn't want to play sports. I didn't care about sports. It didn't interest me, but everybody else was playing. Well, I can't play, but what if I run up and down the court? I've seen a game or two on TV. I could be the play-by-play guy, but I'll just run up to somebody after they make a shot and say, how'd it feel making that basket, John? Shut up, Adam. so that was like to me i was like oh i'm gonna be a broadcaster i'm gonna add to the experience and everybody's like are you stupid you know so it's just like i was trying to be entertaining they didn't get it well and that's the thing for me too like i don't want to say it's an intelligence issue because that's not how i mean it Mm -mm. but there's a a certain thing where we as maybe from birth we just have a different mindset and and are drawn to the geek culture and are lacking in other skills but we will try to do things. You tried to do that. I would have movie quotes. I, I knew, you know, um, some Latin for things because it would help probably from Stan Lee, honestly, and it would help me figure some stuff out. And I would say information like that, much like you're saying, you know, to do a play by play. And it didn't make me cooler. It made me even less cool to do this. It was almost like I was punished for having a, knowledge of something else here or for trying something different. And I I think it's just putting a target on yourself of, listen, I know if I just shut up and learn how to play a, any ball sport, it'd get easier, but I don't have that within me. So I guess it's just going to suck for a little bit then until I can find my group. Yeah, and then sometimes you think you found them, and then the, there's the falling out. You're like, hey, yeah, we get along. We like this stuff, right, guys? And they're like, yeah, but we kind of like each other better than we like you, so you're out. I'm like, what? No. Hey, <laughs> I'm the one who put this group together, remember? <laughs> and I did a lot of stuff like that, too, where I would try to create the friend group. I would try to create the reason you get together. I was always the organizer of the party or the, the concept, like even in junior high, when I found other people that enjoyed comics and were you know, willing to geek out about TV and movies and stuff like that, then I actually created 
a group like I actually created a secret club and a place to meet in this you know city park that was like enshrouded by trees and then we became the Coolanders. that was my idea and I gave everybody a code name and then we would get together every Wednesday when we had a half day at school and we'd ride out to Coolland and we'd just hang out there you know it's like that was like our our thing and I put that together and then and then yeah it was just kind of like but I'm still getting picked on. What? Why? I don't understand, <laughs> guys. So yeah, but it, but at the same time, it was like living in my own little fantasy world of it all was still very enjoyable to me. Well, there's also, I mean, being picked on. There's also, as we get older, I think there's difference between getting picked on in an insulting way, in a mean way, and in a demeaning way, and getting picked on just because you're the one that gets picked on in the group, and it's out of love. This is especially rule of three. If there are three best friends, whenever one of them isn't in the room, the other two make fun of him. <laughs> and when all three are together, one's always the goat. One yes. always gets it. And you will, you can hear it on my show because it's always me that gets it. <laughs> and I can hear it on your shows too. <laughs> to a lesser That's degree. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I've had people message me like, are you guys actually friends? <laughs> yes. So was it junior high then with, with the Coolander group? Was it high school or was it not even until you get to college that you finally felt like I'm not alone and there's it, other people like me that are into these things too. And and in a, in a genuine way, not in an ironic way, not in a way to pick on me, but share my love of these things too. Yeah. Like I say, it's like you, you would find the little, the little pockets here and there of the people who were definitely, cause you know, in, in junior high with that group, like, like I had a friend Brett and like he, you know, I went to my first comic con with him, you know, like he, he, he organized it. He was the one that was excited about it. He's like, Hey, we should go. You know, like my mom said, she'll take us, you know, that type of thing. And so like that, that was a, a very like fun time. Yeah. With the, with the Coolanders, he was the last of the group to join, you know, it's like, Oh, Brett's the newest Coolander that it kind of disbanded. Um, but, but it was still like, yeah, it, it was definitely that period. And then in high school, it actually went away and then I was alone again. And I, it's so like, I was still collecting comics. I was still reading. I was still doing those things, but then I had to find my people in the theater department at school in drama and performing where suddenly my weirdness from all those years suddenly was entertaining to people. And they saw me as this kind of, you know, it, it was it was like going away to college before I went away to college because I went to a high school. I had, I had a choice, basically, but I was mostly districted for this other high school that everybody else I went to the other schools with went to the other direction. So it was like starting fresh for me in my own hometown. And so nobody really knew me that well. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, who is this guy? He's funny. He's kind of crazy. And then I, yeah, I just kind of developed this whole, you know, one of those friends was Jeff, who's on sequel quest with me, you know? So, so it's, it's something where that really, I, I was, it was so weird because I've talked to people at high school since they were like, Oh yeah, I collected comics. I was like, why did we never talk about it? Like I, I've tried to get them on the show. They're like, no, I'm still sensitive about it. I don't know what people think I'm a nerd. I'm like, it's cool to be a nerd now. Come on. But yeah, so it, it was, it was a weird period where, yeah, I was just like, huh, well, I'm, I still really, really enjoy this, but it's not going to be 
at the forefront of my personality. It's not if you went to the people at my high school reunion and you asked them, what what was Adam all about? They'd say, oh, he did all the shows and he did the announcements and he did characters and he was so funny. But they would never say, well, he was that guy who was always wearing comic book shirts and telling me, you know, about the spider clone saga like that. That was not something that came up, but it was still like 100 percent what I was doing in private on my own time. Well, I in in high school level, I do feel, and maybe even early college level too, I do feel there's still the shame of being a geek. Like I would wear comic shirts too for for gym class or whatever, because I, I went to Catholic school, so I had wear uniform otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't wear something that was obviously a comic shirt. Like it just could be something cool. It could be a band. It could be who knows. Like I would wear a Ghost Rider one, but it's just a flaming skull. What's that yeah. mean? That doesn't mean anything. It's flaming school. I knew what it was, but no one else would. And, and you mentioned people that you'll hear from now. Oh, I was into comics then, and I still like it, but I don't want to be a nerd. I'm, I'm too embarrassed to come out and, and tell anyone about it. At our age, honestly, there's no reason not to be open about loving comics or loving wrestling or video games or anything really mm-hmm. in high school college i think the only reason to hide it is i want to get laid and i'm worried <laughs> if people if, if whoever i'm interested in knows that this is what i collect they will not sleep with me <laughs> <laughs> well it, but that's what's always strange because i always tell people i was like when i met my wife I was wearing a Thor t-shirt with Molnir on it. Like that, like that's what I was wearing. It was just a big picture of Thor's hammer with the inscription. And she looked like right past that. That wasn't what she was paying attention to at all. She just saw the personality, you know? So, so, well, when do you think that that your personality, cause I mean, I, I get your personality on podcasts. I've get in the times we've talked, you know, we'll be sarcastic with each other online for things. Yeah. But when did you feel comfortable enough in your own skin to be able to let that out? Do you think theater helped with that or was it just age? That yeah, eventually brought along? Well, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it had a lot to do with uh, doing theater from the perspective of that was something I always wanted to do. And I would I recorded my own like radio shows, like from the time I was six years old, like all through high school. I was also the other thing people thought I was weird about is I was always recording so whether I had my, my camcorder when we were hanging out as friends or I had my handheld, you know, audio cassette recorder, I was just always interviewing people. I was always recording what we were doing, what was going on in the moment. You know, people were just like, just live in the moment, man. I'm like, yeah, but I want to be able to look back on it someday, too, you know. And so when I started doing theater, then it was like I always wanted to perform and express myself that way. And I would do it in private and record myself and create skits and things and then it was like, oh, now I could do it on a stage or I could do it over a PA system and people will laugh and tell me it's funny, you know. So so that like definitely built up my self-esteem to the point where I could actually date someone, you know, towards the end of high school. And I was like, a girl will go out with me. A girl will kiss me. And then like I actually wrote a college essay that I got an A plus on and my my professor read to the class about my first kiss. Like, really? he's like, he's like, this is so impactful. This is so honest. This is, you know, so like, it's like that, you know, so, but like, that was like the moment I would say like senior year after all those years of kind of building it up and then finally be like, you know what? 
being me is fine. I mean, I became homecoming king. I was the fat kid that everybody picked on. And by my senior year, I was voted homecoming king. And I was just like, what? How did this happen? Like, it just, it was so bizarre to me because I definitely was not like hanging out with what you would call the popular crew. I, I had my small group of friends. I hung out by myself a lot. I still enjoyed doing things on my own. And yet I was super well known just from being like a public figure in student government and theater and everything else. But I wasn't Mr. Social, even though I was like a super nice guy and loved, you know, cracking jokes with people in the halls. But I wasn't like I didn't hang out with like a huge group of people and party on the weekends, you know. No, and I didn't do anything like that either. If, if anything, I didn't know about parties going on. <laughs> but I think grade school was worse junior high wasn't great i think is i got into high school and and i would act in anything that the high school did oh nice if they did anything i was in it i think part of it was i don't like myself so let me pretend to be someone else and i couldn't have known that at the time this is just you know as an adult and looking back on things Mm -hmm. but of course theater department has a lot of women in there too And I'm going in not expecting, you know, to be to find a date or a girlfriend or anything. But it was just I'm here. I'm here to play part. You are as well. Let me take it seriously, because if I don't take it seriously, we both look bad. And by doing so, a confidence comes out, a work ethic comes out, a familiarity with the person. Now we can goof around and have a conversation. And I'm not going into it as this is someone that I would like to date and I'm all nervous and I have the butterflies and I sound ridiculous. I'm going in as this is someone I have a scene with and let me talk to them on this level. And Oh my gosh, something's happening. How did this happen? Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I mean, theater for like even the most shy person, if you could somehow get yourself, you know, especially if like you're a parent and you can, if you can get your kid sub something about it, you could make it appeal to them. Like it's only going to benefit them going forward. Like that, the fact that, yeah, they can, whether, you know, they could break out of the, the insecurities they have, or they can get some sort of, you know, just confidence in in interacting with others feel like they're part of a team part of a crew and that's what it is you know like it's it's for those years or it's for that production it doesn't always last forever in my case it's led to many friendships that did last for decades but uh but still it's one of those things where yeah it's just like it's a great opportunity and plus even when all my friends because my all my friends were like two years older than me so when they graduated i was starting from zero again because now my friend group was gone and i fell in with a group of metalheads who were like the outsiders they're all into metallica and pro wrestling and everything else and they were starting a band so then they invite me to join their band because they've seen me sing in productions and i played freshman football with one of them you know disastrous uh, for one and only season of playing football in high school because my uncle said you should try this you're a big guy i'm like no okay uncle boyd whatever you say uh (laughs) and so but i i just happen to know him and then now i'm in a rock band now now we're playing at the school and people are like what's this guy doing in a rock band they they were just telling me recently we actually just put a bunch of our high school demos on vinyl uh one of my bandmates was like we gotta memorialize it and uh 
And so he told me, like, they, every, we all wrote, like, our history of the band. And one of them said, like, yeah, so there was this guy, and we thought we were going to have him come sing with us, but he didn't know anything about heavy metal. And I didn't. I didn't know Metallica. I didn't know Black Sabbath. It actually scared me. I was like, uh, how about Kiss, guys? You guys told me Kiss is cool. And then that, like, led to my obsession with Kiss because they lent me, a you know, a best of compilation and all of that. But it was, it was just really funny like that i they said people weren't ready for the dark side of adam where i was wearing all black <laughs> and trying to be you know i was trying to be glenn danzig or whoever you know they're like yeah we're not buying it <laughs> the first year the second year i was a little more paul stanley and it seemed to work better <laughs> but and that's just part of rock and roll and the gimmick and and the more you discover it and you being a big kiss fan i'm sure you've discovered it once you're in on the joke, you can love it even more. Yes. But you need to, me for wrestling, and I, I love heavy metals well, but I can explain it to people all day long. And unless you're in on it, you're not going to get it. And let, yes, I know wrestling's predetermined. That's not why I'm watching it. Yes, I know Kiss is an act. That's the fun of it. My favorite band right now is Ghost. Jeez, I have to explain that band over and over again to people. <laughs> What's it like? I'm like, ah, I don't know how to explain this. To you. <laughs> so did you end up going to college for theater? I So this college for me was a super disappointing experience. Let me put it that way. Like <laughs> I, I didn't graduate from like a four-year college. I went to a community college because I was scared. Like I had been, you know, for – in some terms, like big man on campus, right? And I was the lead in all the plays and musicals and all those types of things. And then for some reason, as soon as I graduated, I'm like, it's a big world out there. I'm a small fish, you know, in this big, big pond. If I go to college and try to be in these productions, there's probably like a million people better than me. And like, I immediately just shut down. Like college for me, like I stopped doing theater. I stopped like... I, I just went back to like insulated guy and I, and I, I, I worked at Disneyland as a costumed character. So I was goofy at Disneyland during college. And that was kind of like my fraternity experience while going to do a, you know, and getting better grades by the way in college than I ever did in high school. I coasted only on personality in high school. <laughs> uh, my teachers seemed to give me a break, but, uh, but yeah, in college I was like, wow, I'm doing pretty good here, surprisingly. But yeah, no, I mean, it, what college for me was like a total like. 100%. I'm just here to get some sort of degree. So when I apply for a job, they could say he has some college. And then the rest of my life was, oh, yes, some college. Oh, but you worked for Disney? Disneyland got me every job I've ever had. Even ones really? I was grossly unqualified for. People said, oh, you worked at Disney. Oh, they have great customer service there. Or, you know, they just they just have a real great reputation. If they selected you to work for them, hmm, we'd really like to consider you. Like, it's so bizarre because it's like you shouldn't be hiring me for this. But I'm a nice guy and I worked for Disney. So I guess that's good enough. But I feel you're you're also probably old enough. Not them. Jeez, I make it sound like I'm like 60 talking to you. but. I think you've also probably seen things where when you're going through it earlier in life, teens, 20s, what have you, you're thinking, why am I going through this? What's the, happening? What's the point of this? And then it's something that later in life, 
actually mattered and you get something because you had that experience. Oh, absolutely. Like you had no idea in the moment, why is this happening? Why am I here? What's going on? Even if it was a terrible thing that happened in your life. But then later on, there's a reason for it. And it's like, oh, geez, all of this was, I, I, I'm not like getting spiritual on here, but I do think sometimes people, sometimes things fall into place a little too easily. Yeah. And you're like, that's kind of odd that all of this lined up here. <laughs> yeah. How did I get here? Really? From here to here to here? Okay. I mean, it worked, but it wasn't uh, wasn't the plan I had for me. Yeah. So, so like, I, you know, my, my geeking out at that point just became, yeah, just obsession with music and continuing to go to the comic store every week. And, and, uh, and yeah, so I mean, like, the, I, I just always have uh, whatever I have found an interest in. I'm the person that has to get every detail. Like it, it boggles the mind to me that someone, again, where they say like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of that band. And then they can name one song and, and, and it just, it upsets me. I'm just like, don't call yourself a fan. You, you appreciate general music. Okay. Good for you. You know, it's like to me, like to be a fan, you have to be obsessive. You have to buy every biography. You know, you have to buy every album. You have to read every liner note. You have to, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you want to know so much because it's just an S it's your essence. You know, like you you just can't think about anything else. Like kiss was that for me for a very long time. That's the other thing. If anybody in high school, they're like, what, what was Adam Steele? Oh, he was the Kiss guy. He was just always talking about Kiss. He wore a Kiss belt buckle from the 70s. Like, <laughs> like just all those types of things. Because I just, everything about Kiss I loved. And, I, and that was every Christmas, everything. It was just like, what does he want? He wants the Kiss album he doesn't have. He wants this European import of a Kiss album he doesn't have. Go to Circuit City and find it. You know, like all that kind of stuff. And to the point where like, that's like in all my podcasting, right? Like I, I love movies and stuff. So I've done Sequel Quest. I've done, you know, wizards now because it's time to feed the beast that is my comics obsession and then to the point where like how am i ever gonna get into a kiss podcast like that's the next phase someday i have to find a way <laughs> I, I will listen to that if you ever find a way i'll absolutely listen to that Got, gotta I, find a good angle on it but i'll make it entertaining kiss never met a dollar they didn't like <laughs> and I love that about them. But I, I that word love, I think that's the the difference though. My mom can say, Oh, I like Metallica. No, she doesn't. She likes hearing Enter Sandman during a Yankees game. Her dad. <laughs> you know, she can say, I like Guns N' Roses. No, you like hearing Sweet Child of Mine on the oldie station. I'll guarantee you you're not a fan of Mr. Brownstone, even though it's a fantastic song. So like you were saying, when you would have someone say, oh, I love this band and I can name one song, you don't love it. You can be a fan and I'm not gatekeeping at all. You're a fan of that band and that's awesome. And if you want to know more here, you know, my door's open. But you can't say love. Right. You know, I love comics. I love wrestling. I love doing, you know, creating things and all. But I don't love, you know, uh, sports, <laughs> for example. <laughs> I can go to a game and be polite and enjoy it and cheer whoever the home team is, but that's about it for me. 
Yeah, it, it seems to be like really what it comes down to is that distinction of fan, which seems to be the masses, the mass appeal that have a general interest to geek. Like I geek out over this. Like that is where you are so obsessed and you get so deep into a thing that you could just rattle off. Like literally Kiss for me was a reference point for every year of history from the time of their inception. So if somebody mentioned a year in passing or, you know, like, just like, oh, yeah, I was born this year immediately. I'm like, oh, well, that's the year Creatures in the Night came out, you know, like, or or they did this concert in Brazil that year, you know, like, like that, that is my frame of reference for, for just the, the way that the earth has existed. A kiss is the, is the cornerstone of that. <laughs> so you can't have it. Okay. I'm prefacing with that. You can't yes. have it. But in one of the random by, you know, 100 VHS off of someone online that I've done over the last couple of years, one of them is taped off of TV. Um, Kiss had a concert on Fox, either Halloween or New Year's. Yes, that is the Psycho Circus Tour. I was at that concert that (laughs) night and I bought a bootleg DVD of all the full broadcast, yeah, on Halloween oh, really? night, 1998. So I have it. Don't worry about it. I won't uh, <laughs> bother you about it. Because, yeah, so that was my first ever KISS concert. And that that was a big, big night for me. I still have the newspaper ad framed with my ticket to the concert. It was at Dodger Stadium. Smashing Pumpkins opened for him. There was a freak show. There was a full, like circus there was a literal psycho circus in the middle of the field you know it was the pre-show like yeah that was a night and yeah they were on mad tv that was hilarious they were on an episode of millennium that night yeah and then they would just check in like now we're gonna go to kiss singing this song that you don't know because most people don't know kiss songs but it's okay they're so cool to look at i like you're not gonna believe it you're gonna think i'm sucking up to you but today, it, as we're recording, is Friday. I got done with work. I'm like, I don't want to listen to podcasts on the way home. I want to blast some music. And I was actually blasting Kiss. Yes! I just went to Spotify and said, what am I really in the mood for today? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think what you, you know you're a true fan when no matter what a band or a writer or whoever it is puts out, there is something for you to enjoy. Like you said, being in on the joke, even if it's terrible, you're the person who can compare it to everything else. That's not terrible. So you can laugh at it. You know, like you, you have earned the right to understand why this is so funny. And the rest of the world just goes, Oh, that sounds terrible. You're like, well, it sounds terrible, but they were trying something new because of this and this and this. And it's pretty hilarious. If you know why they came up with this title or whatever, you know? So it's just, I, I, I love that about being an obsessive fan as well. Oh, guy at the local comic shop is a huge Frank Miller fan. Huge. And if you bring up some, we'll say, more recent work, more problematic work maybe of Frank Miller, he will defend it, not defend the actual work, but he'll go into, no, you understand what's going on. Here's this thought of his. Here's this thing. Here's this thing. You're not in on the joke. Here's this. He's being sarcastic and all. Like, he'll break it down and say, no, it's supposed to be bad on purpose. Like, well, that's different but he uh, he's a bigger fan than i am he might be completely right about it yeah yeah all right so at what point and and i just uh, side note if anyone wants to hear about 
Adam's time at Disney, there's a wonderful podcast called uh, Two Goofs. Yeah, it's that on was, YouTube, so you could you could find it all on YouTube. We're not hosting it anywhere, but if it is, all the episodes are on YouTube. Just search the Two Goofs podcast. Twelve episodes, I think it was. Meant to be twelve. I'm hoping to get back to Disneyland. Oh, this you year never... so we can record episode twelve. <laughs> I thought, all right. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I no, I mean, I I really thought I had listened to twelve of them. I guess it was just eleven, but the content was so good. I thought I got a bonus episode there. Hold out hope. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point after all of this, did you say, you know, I think I have something to say and I think I have something to share with the world. And I'm not sure how to go about it, though. Like, what was the origins to bring you online as a, I'm going to call you a creator because you, you do everything on there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, what I would say was basically, yeah, I got to a point where I was just kind of working a job and I, and I, I was a receptionist. Let me just put it that way. I, I was a receptionist. So I had a lot of time on my hands and I was at a point in life where I was just like, you know, I'm not really, you know, I just got out of a serious relationship. I'm, I don't really have anything else that I'm, I'm focused on at this moment, but what are the things that I love? What's my passion? And I just happened to, I'm sure I was just like online one day at work doing a search and I found this website called Retro Junk. And so I got to a point where I'm looking at Retro Junk and I just said to myself, okay, this is a place of a bunch of people talking about everything that I wish I could talk to people about because it was all 80s and 90s pop culture, nostalgia, you know, cartoon retrospectives and all those things. And so for me, I said, well, you know what? I have a lot of stories, again, that I have very few people that will listen to me talk about. Let me start compiling my favorites. You know, and I, let me, let, what is the number one thing I'm obsessed with right now that I have always been since 1990? Oh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells album from Pizza Hut. And so I literally, that was my first article on Retro Junk was just like going down the tracks and, and reviewing that album. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at my wall, uh, my full collection of uh, coming out of their shells memorabilia here as I say this. And uh, it's one of those things where from the moment I wrote that and then I did like an, an, an article about the state on MTV, that sketch show. And, it, and so it was one of those things where like I just suddenly as soon as I put it out there, people were saying, I remember that. I loved it, too. And I just. The more and more that I started writing new articles, because I always had something to talk about, it just like the comments just filled up. There were just so many people that were responding and and people just, you know, the positive reinforcement and all those things you always love to hear about your obsessions. It's like, you're not weird. I love this, too. And so, like, it just kind of fed that to where I just got to the point where there were just so many um, opportunities to kind of get to know people through there. And, uh, yeah, so I, so that, that was like the beginning was, was retro junk where anybody could submit articles, but I happened to become 
based on what I could tell, like one of the more popular contributors. And there are people that have found me online since then. They're like, I used to read you on Retro Junk back in the day, you know, that they would say stuff like there was one guy. He literally just said to me, hey, remember that article you wrote about the state? I've been looking for one sketch for years. It went like this, this and this. And you, you're the only person online who has ever mentioned it. Do you have it? And I was like, actually, I do. And I sent him a <laughs> copy of it and I, you know, I ripped it for him. I sent it to him. And he's like, you just made my year. I've watched it 15 times. He sent me an Amazon gift card in appreciation just because he was so happy to finally have this thing that was so nostalgic and precious to him. I was like, wow. And I wrote that in like, what was it? I mean, it was so long ago. It was like 11 years ago that I wrote that article. So it was nuts. See, and that's something that I think all of us with what we're doing, and, and I'll jump ahead a minute. I have said it on other podcasts. I have said it to other people and not a bit of it is blowing smoke up your ass for any reason. But I think what you're doing with wizards is something that's going to go down in comic history. And and I mean that because you're opening a door to something that was arguably the most important print publication for comic book people in that time and absolutely shaped the comic book industry, whether it's, legit with them just doing interviews and, and hype for stuff or whether it's them maybe manipulating the market a little bit sure <laughs> but either either way with you doing the wizard files for the interviews going through all of it the information you're digging up like this is something that it, what kills me is every every guest you've had in wizard files oh i mentioned wizards now or wizard now and people don't know what it was yeah. how how it was so important to and hundreds of thousands and honestly speculator boom then maybe even millions of people and it's forgotten now that's ridiculous so yeah. you're finding things and bringing stuff up here and now putting it in the podcast format which as long as that's hosted somewhere is going to live forever all these stories all these tales all this origins that would have been lost otherwise if you didn't have this project going and that's what i think a lot of us want to do is Hey, I remember this thing. No one else seems to, or at least no one around me. Let's see what we can find out. And, uh, for other blogs, you look at like, um, I think collecting candy is a huge one yeah. for discovering things. And yeah, that's throwaway stuff, but it isn't too. And he's made a career out of it now. Um, and he's uh, got a connection to the world of comics too, which is crazy. Not just candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone looks at at Matt, at Dinosaur Dracula, for, well, not everyone, sorry, but so many people I've talked to as an inspiration of, oh, someone else is doing this. And then you look at all the random crap he's found over the years that yeah. was forgotten about. Just the godfather of it all, man. I mean, I just, he, yeah. When, when he, I he really is. Yeah, X Entertainment. I was just on that every day. It was like the same time I started writing for Retro Junk. I found X Entertainment. I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. And then, then he jumps over to Dinosaur Dracula. And yeah, then like I, what happened was I, I took a break from writing for Retro Junk like a lot of people because they kind of changed their format over there. And everybody's like, nah, it's not as good as it was. And so I just kind of was done. And I didn't think I was going to really write anymore. I was like, well, that was a fun couple of years. And then I got pulled in by uh, this guy, Tony, who a uh, very uh, a fond uh, member of the Retro uh, Network family here, a, a great sponsor with RetroDays.org. 
and I was lucky enough to catch his eye in a Dinosaur Dracula forum where I was commenting on really? that forum, but I was in the comments section. He's like, wait, are you the Hoju Coolander that used to write for Retro Junk? And I was like, yeah, because it had been like a year. He's like, where'd you go? He's like, we have this thing over here. It's Retro Days. You should check it out. And it was basically like a better or a, a nostalgic version of Retro Junk, you know, doing it that, you know, that original style plus more where you could submit articles and but he added you can earn points and then you take those points and you get actual vintage items out of a points store that he'll send to you and like so i just like wrote like a madman again because i was like i still got years of stuff in me and i started rising in the ranks over there to the point where he's like you know you're writing so much you're so consistent what if i just you know have you be our featured writer so then I became the featured writer for years and years. And then we were always talking like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And he finally said like, let's do a, let's do a YouTube series. Originally wanted to, to do like a podcast. And I was like, ah, I don't, I'm already doing some podcasts by that point. But he's like YouTube series. I was like, that'd be awesome. That would be really awesome. Cause I, I literally had just picked up at a thrift store, a vintage high school desk. You know, like with the plastic chair connected to that. And I did this fun little just jokey video where I was because I had some old vintage clothes and I pretended basically that I was on Saved by the Bell. And I just filmed this video of myself as a set. And he saw it because we were you know friends on Facebook. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That's the show. So then we created Retro Detention with RD and everybody else. And so we just started, you know, building on that concept and building out a universe there again, because I for years i'd already been filming my own skits and writing my own stuff and i was like we could do this let's get it done and and we did for a long time there we're just on a hiatus for now till life kind of gets back to normal yeah god that's so many things right now too yeah i i because of facebook memories for things i was seeing stuff a year ago and thought oh my god that's right i was i was at home a year ago that's why i was doing this stuff because i couldn't (laughs) work yet at the time because we were closed so for me, where I first learned of you, Retro Network starts up. Um, Jason gets hold of me, telling me some things. Some podcasts were up, some articles were up, and honestly, I was still a little gun shy about it. I thought, "What? Well, it's going on here?" And because we've seen sites come and go, the longer you're in this, sure. And then I see this guy Hoju posting stuff. And he's got his podcast and he has his YouTube stuff and there's links all over. And of course, now I got to follow him on Twitter and everything. And I turn to my wife and I say, I hate this guy. <laughs> and she said, follow me here. She's like, why? I said, because he's getting everything done. I want to do. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he has a better work ethic. I don't know if he needs less sleep than I do. I don't know, but I wish I could do all the stuff he's doing, I just don't have the time for. And it drives me nuts that he like, this is everything I want to do. And that's only happened a couple other times when I found Matt, I was like, damn it, this guy's doing stuff. And when I found Will, I was ticked off at his writing. Cause it, I was like, he's better than me for this stuff. And yeah. we'll, we'll kick my ass for hearing that too. But then I saw your stuff and it really ticked me off because you do so much and it's all good and i was just jealous of of your output there 
Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I, I think ultimately it just comes down to if you're if you're passionate and you I don't like I don't know, like I think that you have to have some latent ability somewhere. Like I said, I I did pretty well in school for writing. You know, I could never do math, but writing always worked for me. So I was just able to translate it, that into something where it's like, yeah, but I, I want to write about you know stuff I care about. So it flows that much easier. And I want to make it sound like me. I'm not doing, you know, a dissertation on, you know, the the full history of the coming out of their shells tour or anything like that. I'll just tell you what's cool about it. And uh, yeah, so luckily, I think if you have a sense of humor, that helps as well. And yeah, so you obviously have that. But yeah, sometimes maybe you are, uh, maybe you're not as focused on work as you should be. And, uh, you know, you're, you get your work done quicker so that you can take a little extra time during the day and do some writing. That may be very possibly why I was so prolific. <laughs> it, it is possible. Let me think. Does my boss still listen she hasn't listened in a while, so I'm probably safe. <laughs> it's possible there's been downtime where I'm like, well, as long as I'm at a computer, no one's really paying attention to what I'm doing on the computer. Maybe I can knock out an article or two while I'm sitting here. It's punk rock retro journalism, guys. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. Now, I know for me, I knew Jason from going back to uh, League of Extraordinary Bloggers. I knew of rediscover the 80s um i did a guest post and you know we talked briefly so he dragged me into retro network but how did you whose radar were you on first jason or mickey's how did you get brought into the the collection of it yeah well it was definitely mickey so mickey was another one of the guys over on retro days and he was very active you know in the forums and he was submitting articles and he always would leave me awesome comments and you know you, know, you just felt like he uh he understood what i was talking about which is cool and we actually met up at retrocon one year like all the retro days crew we flew out from wherever we lived and we uh, we met up. We had jerseys that Tony made up for us, which was really cool. So we all still have those. And uh, and so, yeah, so we got to, I got to know Mickey at RetroCon and, you know, I met his daughters, met his wife. I was like, these are cool people. I like them. And uh, and so at this point, like I was writing for Retro Days, but I had gotten into podcasting. So I had started Sequel Quest. We're coming up on like six years now been doing that and i will just say you know we, we've mentioned all the great nerd outlets nerd lunch was 100 percent like my inspiration for podcasting so they were the johnny appleseed there because i was always online searching for people talking about the shadow the 1994 alec baldwin movie and it just so happened that like pax on his well it wasn't on nerd lunch uh, proper but he was doing it on cult film club with sean robert so pax and holly's talking about the shadow how much he loves it i'm like this guy's awesome i love him so then i start following him and i find out he's also got a show called nerd lunch then i go start listening to nerd lunch i'm like gee ct my people i love it then i start going and getting all the comics episodes and everything else and just listening through the catalog and so i was just like i love this i love this i'm going to weasel my way into getting on their show I'm going to get it on their radar. I'm going to pitch some ideas to them <laughs> for shows and they bit. And so I got on there. And so that was like my, my debut in podcasting. And so I, I was building all that up and a uh, sequel quest was going strong. And, and then, you know, I was doing two goofs and things like that. And then, yeah, at a certain point, 
Mickey and Jason had their concept for the retro network and very early on they contacted me and I was like, Jason, like, like I, I had seen already eighties, but I didn't know the man behind it, you know, rediscover the eighties. I didn't go to his site. I didn't listen to his podcast. I didn't know about that, but I knew Mickey. And so he just said, yeah, me and Jason, we're getting together. We're going to do this. We want sequel quest to be the first show on the network. And, uh, we want you to come on and write some articles for us. And so I was like, yeah, hundred percent. I love it. That's great. And so, yeah, so it was definitely Mickey that brought me into the fold and, and saw an opportunity there. So, well, and and that's what kills me for it, because you were on Nerd Lunch and you were you should have been on my radar. And maybe it's my fault. I wasn't. It's it's nothing against them, but I wasn't an obsessive Nerd Lunch listener. Mm. It, it was kind of, you know, I enjoyed it, but there were other podcasts I wanted to listen to first. And that's my only guess for how I wasn't more aware of you and and certain other people previously. Yeah. And Mickey is just like, I, and I'm going to get him on here one day as well, but just the more, because he came out of nowhere too. I, w- I knew Jason, but not Mickey. And the more and more I learn of him and everything, the more and more I, I want to pick his brain for stuff too. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. And he's certainly, yeah, definitely, we've, we've seen the personality come out uh, full force on the podcast. You know, he's the loose cannon. <laughs> Where I, Jason's yeah. trying to keep it together, so I love it. I love the dynamic. So it works though, and 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 you guys showing up with jackets. I'm figuring out if we should bring business cards this year for RetroCon. <laughs> You're like, seems like a good idea. Oh, jackets. Yeah, I mean, it, you might just go big or go home. I guess is the idea behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I I gotta figure out something, and and soon here, it's end of September. Yeah, speaking of Nerd Lunch, before we get on to the next topic here, I just got to tell you, my, my next goal in that vein of creating unifying fashion is that, so I, I have an unabashed lover, uh, if you want to go uh, to earliest obsessions, the movie Xanadu. Renting I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, once you might have heard a thing. And uh, so I uh, have found a few people on the internet as well who are who are in that uh, that same boat with me. And, and CT from Nerd Lunch is one of them. And Paxton Holly has professed his love for it. So we have dubbed ourselves the Xana Dudes. <laughs> that is our hashtag, Xana Dudes. And so uh, we have already like I just have I'm not a graphic artist. But I have someone in uh, in the works right now who's going to put together a Xanadu logo, but it, it spreads out to be Xanadudes. And, you know, we'll have to put it up on Public one of these days. And then we will get uh, some satin jackets made up, uh, 80s style, so we could be the Xanadudes. Now, I, I thought you were ruining my next question, but you're not. <laughs> I have also I've never seen Xanadu, but you do make me want to watch it. And in my building up a VHS collection here, that's one I'm looking for now. Because honestly, it'd just be more fun to have on VHS than DVD. Yeah, yeah, that's how you gotta watch it. <laughs> so other than the Xanadudes, where do you see yourself going here in the future? Um, because I know Wizards is big. There's Sequel Quest. There's your other writing. But you also have family too. You just had to move. Like you got a lot going on. But what do you think you want to do next? Is there a project you kind of want to work on? Are you just burnt out? 
Uh, well, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I, there are at a certain point, you know, you know, if you want an exclusive here, this is, this is a hot tag exclusive. Uh, there are certain projects that kind of run their course, you know, nerd lunch, they retired after, you know, several years, they didn't make it to 10, but they, they were, they had a good long run doing their podcast and just came to the point where it's like, you know, we've done what we've done and it's sometimes it's good enough. And uh, Sequel Quest is is kind of nearing that point for itself as well. Uh, so we've been having those discussions behind the scenes that, you know, how do we go out in a proper way? Uh, but it's just, you know, at a certain point, even my co-host said, like, I, I don't know what movies we haven't covered. You know, like they, when, when, when we're brainstorming, they're like, I don't know what else we would want to do, you know. And so it, it, it's a concept that as much as we love doing it. Uh, because of the nature of that type of podcast, you can't uh, you can't bring in a dedicated audience because it's all predicated on who likes what movie. Right. So it's like if they like Surf Ninjas, then they get a bonus because we get an actual cast member from Surf Ninjas to come on and pitch his sequel, you know. But if they don't like Surf Ninjas, they're not going to watch it, you know. Or if they love the Mighty Ducks, you know, they're going to come in for Mighty Ducks. That's awesome. But they're not going to stick around for the next episode when we do Troop Beverly Hills. So it's one of those things where we've just we found that the audience is is, you know, we're, we're only supported by being associated with the retro network, I guess is what I would say. We, we were not expanding. And so we, we found that we may be on that on that road to winding down sequel quest, which will open up. Yes. Time for other projects or an expansion of projects such as Wizards, which is definitely my main focus right now. And I I can only say that in the next few months we have some very big things planned uh, that are going to really surprise people, I think, and are kind of going to maybe reignite the fire even more than we've already been trying to do. So, because this is the 30th anniversary year of Wizard, and we're trying to do our part to make sure it's celebrated properly. I, I do appreciate the exclusive. And uh, tying in Wizards with a uh, tying in comics, I think part of us for geek attitude maybe is comics going indefinitely for a lot of them, you know, even though it's renumbered for number one, Batman Mm -hmm. continues, Spider-Man continues and all, not everything has to continue indefinitely. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with reaching to a point where, Hey, we did what we set out to do. We accomplished it. We're going to close the door. It's still out here for anyone to enjoy at any time, but it's time to move on. A movie ends at some point, a TV show ends at some point. There's nothing wrong with, you know, ending that project and continuing with a new one. Yeah, I, for sure. It, it part, part of that's telling myself that I feel awful when I've had projects in the past that just ended. It didn't work out. Someone, you know, was done with it. And I think, oh, geez, why isn't it continuing? Well, because it was meant to be as long as it was. I learned stuff. I grew. Carry that energy into something else. Exactly. And in the case of Sequel Quest, for those who might be like, oh, no, which is very few, uh, <laughs> there is, in fact, you know, quite a back catalog that we still have to share. 
so so you know we may not have the uh, the new episodes coming out but it could at least you know continue on a little bit farther as needed and we can we can break out those episodes so it doesn't have to go away uh, forever even if we we're happy to franchise it out does somebody want to want to make a pitch a pitch on a sequel to sequel quest then please yeah get in touch with us let us know <laughs> i mean there will be a franchise fee of course yes oh yes definitely <laughs> It's, it's paid in VHS tapes. <laughs> Speaking of, as soon as I can find them, I don't know if you've been up to date on my house chaos happening right yes, now. Yes, I've been listening, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, yours are all set aside. I just don't know what box they're in anymore. And I also lost all of the books I took out of the library. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in some box i don't know which one so i i get weekly notifications have you found them yet no not yet okay you have a lot out i know i have a lot out believe me i want to find them (laughs) so i am pleased that there there's a little bit of pre-show talk i think anyone that listens to podcasts knows that that happens and adam i don't know if you're aware but with this being called the hot tag I usually give my guests an opportunity to ask me questions to, to tag out and I become the interviewee and not the interviewer, but not to put you on the spot, Adam, do you, do you have any question for me? I do have a question for you. Oh my uh, gosh. Hey, how about it? Uh, so this is the thing uh, often uh, on the house show, it is referenced that, Maddie treats uh, maybe the more responsible when it comes to employment. He seems to infer <laughs> that when it comes to working for somebody, he he might stick to it. Kevin Hellions not not gonna stick to it so heavily. Uh, and I feel very much a kinship with you in this. Okay, when when I say that every job I ever got, I got based 100% on personality, not on qualifications. That is that is no exaggeration. I was, hey, we're going to take a chance on this guy and he can learn on the job or whatever. Um, but I have myself have had some pretty epic firings. So if you're willing to disclose, I am just curious, in your mind, what was your most epic firing from a job, if that has been the case, or your decision to bid them adieu? I have many. Sadly. Uh, funny thing is, we we were joking around about doing a retail podcast and call it Retails, T-A-L-E-S. Oh, I love it, yeah. No shock, that name's been taken like a hundred times for uh-huh. different projects. <laughs> um, What would be the best one? Because there's, there's a few. So a firing. If we were concentrating on firings. Yes. I worked for, and and everyone's, I'm sure, long, you know, no longer working there, working other places. You know, it's not like someone's going to hear this that's still the manager of it, because we're talking like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I worked at Staples about 20 years ago, give or take. The reason I worked there was, actually, geez, it's almost 25 now. The reason I worked there was my girlfriend at the time worked there. And I didn't have a job. Um, I was actually working at Hills and realized that that whole chain was about to go away and I was going to be out of job soon. 
Like wow, you're Vicky soon. and Jason's favorite person. You're the insider. Yep. Oh, I've told them stories. Yeah. If, they, if they ever do a Hills podcast, I'll tell what I know. <laughs> uh, so I was at Hills, but I saw everything coming. Like when a store no longer has money to get plastic bags for customers to put purchases <laughs> in, if something wrong. Yes. So I bounced. My girlfriend at the time was working at Staples. She got me hired there right before Thanksgiving. Busy, busy time retail, never got trained. So they'd say, hey, can you go into the top stock above all the aisles, bring everything down, fill up the shelves, and then put it back up? Sure. So I brought every box down, filled up the shelves, put it back up, climbing the ladder all day. Well, that looks awful. Well, I filled everything. No, up top. We don't want big box, little box, big box, little box. You have to start with the big boxes on the end, and then it cascades down to the lower boxes. Okay, fine. Take all the boxes down. Put it all back up there, big to little. Hey, I'm done with that. What else can I do? You did it wrong. No, big box to little box. How did I do that wrong? Well, you went left to right. It's supposed to go right to left. Okay, take everything down. Climb up and down the ladder. Switch it all up. Hey, it's done. It's time for my shift. You only got one thing done today? Oh, God. <laughs> so this was constant. This kept happening. I kept being told to do something, not given any instruction for how to do it then be told I did it wrong or it took too long or whatever it was day after Christmas, December 26th, I show up to work. They fired me on the spot. I'd been there maybe 30 days, maybe under. I was like, well, that sucked, <laughs> but it was a retail job. I didn't really care. I'll find another one. I couldn't find another job for a year and a half. Whoa. Never got Were a they call around. Interview. They're Nothing. like, don't hire this guy. <laughs> so it turns out the manager who the person who would have been my manager, you know, department manager, whatever was interested in my, at the time, girlfriend. Oh no. So he was purposely sandbagging me. And when I got fired and I, I, I was ignorant at the time, even though I was only there 30 days, I still put them down as a reference. I wouldn't of now, but at the time I, you know, I didn't have that much experience. So I put them down still. And I thought I was just let go. Christmas is over. You were holiday help. All right, fine. That happens. It's nothing against me. Every place that called, he's awful. Worst employee I ever had. I would never hire him again. And then meanwhile, he's going to my at the time girlfriend who still worked there and going, I don't know why you're with that loser. He can't get a job. He has no money. The conspiracy of it all. Yup. So we broke up because, you know, here I am a loser without a job. We end up breaking up. Months later, she calls me up and she's like, hey, anytime you're putting an application down, don't put staples down again. Don't don't put them down again. Why? She's like, I, I don't want to tell you. Just don't. Just don't. I'm like, all right. Next round of applications I did, like I did three, you know, the next day, week, whatever. I got called back for interviews for all three. So wow. the, immediately when I don't put them down, all of a sudden I'm getting calls. And everyone's like, why haven't you been working? I don't, I don't know. We that, is, find, that is nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Year and a half. Shut down. Could not find anything. And yeah, because they were sandbagging me. And again, this is, you know, the store, the chain, whatever. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure any of these people no longer work there. I have it you know, running into any of them in 20 years. So I don't know what they're up to. Oh, 
well, I mean, (laughs) just just the the villainous nature of this individual. I'm I'm just trying to imagine why why would you need to take it that far? You know, it's just like your personality is not enough to win over this uh, person that you you have the hots for. Like you just got to give it up. Well, why does the other person have to look terrible? Yeah, they choose you. They choose you. I mean, in the off chance I ever ran into her, I'd almost want to ask, like, so did you end up going out with him? Like, was it worth <laughs> it for you guys? Because <laughs> it wasn't for me. Yeah. But you learn things. Definitely. I mean, I'd rather... It, there are certain things I think everyone has to go through once in life, and it's almost like you check it off your list of e- even bad things. If I was going to go through a job situation like that, at least that happened when I was younger and didn't have a family <laughs> to support or anything yes, much much better situation there yeah i mean honestly like i i can only say that dating at work rarely works out unless one of you is planning to leave because there's always going to be a problem on some level is my experience oh i'll agree with that or or you you get in trouble because you're doing a little too much we'll say flirting and goofing around and not working yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Hopefully I never have to worry about it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Adam, it's been amazing to have you on here, but you know the unspoken rule for podcasts when you're winding up. You got to hype your stuff. Definitely. <laughs> Well, here we go. Where do you want to find me? Find me on the internet. Yes, I'm going into pitching voice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so all you got to do is find me at Hoju Coolander on Twitter. That's H-O-J-U-K-O-O-L-A-N-D-E-R at Hoju Coolander. Do you like VHS tapes? Do you like random stuff from the 80s and 90s I just find at thrift stores? Well, that is what is over on my Twitter account. I am not on Instagram personally, but my two major podcasts, you can find me on Sequel Quest on Twitter, at SQPod. Uh, you can also find, obviously, all of the shows on the Retro Network. But Wizards, you can find at Wizards Comics, Wizards, the podcast guide to comics. Man, there's a lot of content coming. So if you want to check out the back issues, so to speak, if you have not gotten on board the Wizards train, you can actually go to Wizards uh, Comics. Uh, dot com as well as the retro network uh, or you could seek out on any of your favorite platforms we are on all the major uh, social or sort of podcast platforms luckily thanks to the efforts of the retro network and i just again big thanks to jason and mickey yeah just uh, of creating an awesome community and a place where shows like these could thrive and if you came to the show for adam and you're only just now discovering me you can follow me on most social medias at masked library masklibrary.com is my home blog i'm one of the three co-hosts of the house show which is right here on the retro network a retro wrestling podcast and i also uh, appears intermittently on my friend chris's podcast that's over at the pop culture pub Adam, thank you so much. I learned a lot today. A lot of stuff I've been waiting like near two years to ask you and to find out. It's always awesome talking to you. Likewise. Secrets out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
so well our, our, my my own secret out it sounds like i'm going to RetroCon this year so now i need to find a jacket for myself i guess that's right yeah <laughs> we, we need to see those house show jackets or mass <laughs> whatever it's gonna be mass library This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.